0: Hello everyone, I am your host Ahad Hassan and welcome to season 4 of Titan Alumni Talk, a weekly podcast where we talk to alumni about their experiences at Cal State Fullerton. For this week's episode we have David Miller, who is the Director of Entertainment Services at the Disneyland Resort. He graduated in 1998 with a double bachelor's in communications and theater. Listen as we talk about his experiences at Cal State Fullerton and the work that he does at Disney. You can catch these episodes live at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays at titanradio.org, or you can watch all past episodes on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash CSUF alumni. Thank you, David, for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Awesome. So let's just get started with um, your time at Cal State Fullerton. So to begin with, you did get a B.A. in communications and you actually did a double major. So you also got a bachelor's in theater as well. So where did this kind of come from to get into the entertainment industry Um, Was this something that you always wanted to do when you were younger? Or is this something that you kind of just figured out in college that it was kind of your calling?
1: Yeah, interesting that you ask. You know, when I started, which was a few years ago, I was uh, really interested in radio, which at the time was one of the main mediums that we had going on. And Cal State Fullerton was one of the few that had a radio, TV, and film department. And then the year I started, they dropped the radio part. So then I was a little bit uh, kind of off my game about what I was going to do. But that said, I was, uh, it was an exciting time to be able to try and figure out what I was going to do in the world. And so I, I levered that communication. I mean, TV and film is another great opportunity. So just because one was out doesn't mean the others weren't uh, good opportunities. And then I found that I was uh, I always needed a lot to do and theater was another great interest of mine. And I wasn't sure what part of theater Ultimately, I ended up deciding to double major, as you mentioned, and uh, I was in the acting program. And when I was doing it, I realized, ooh, maybe, I mean, acting was fine and I could do it, but it wasn't my passion. And one day they had said to me, hey, um, if you want to be part of the theater group, you're going to have to devote some time toward being on the backstage cruise. And at the time, I was working at Disneyland, just a summer job that extended a little bit. And i uh i i decided well I, I won't be able to work a crew because the those conflict with the times i was going to be working so what else could i do they said oh well, we'll you could do hours during the day during the week in one of these locations and they basically picked me up by the scruff of my neck and dropped me in a room full of lights and said here you go
0: i see and then right after you got your bachelor's you transitioned into getting your master's at ucla and it was specifically in lighting design so is that a really big department. I guess that's kind of like overlooked sort of like sound. And that's exactly
1: right. I think honestly, the thing about lighting is you don't know that, like if, if you are only feeling something, but not thinking, oh, what is that light over there? Then we're doing our job, right? We don't want to call attention to the work we do. We want it to seem organic and natural. And it really was something that called to me. And there's a couple of reasons why lighting design. And it was lighting design for theater at the time. Although at UCLA, I was able to do a little bit of TV The idea for me is that it's twofold. It's not just creative. It's not just technical. It's both. It is creative in that it's about color and angle and shadow and light and where it falls and how it hits. That's all the creative side of it, the nuance. Then there's the technical part. It's the actual levels. If it's from zero to 100%, where does that go? How do we use the computer to make crossfades or other ways to to uh, you know, heighten the awareness of what's going on, to draw out a scene, to bring highlights to a certain area of a show that you're seeing. Those are all very intentional for the most part. I mean, we do have happy accidents when it comes to lighting, but for the most part it's very intentional about how we're driving focus.
0: And then right after that, um, kind of after you graduated from UCLA, you did get into lighting specifically. You've done quite a bit of work for cruises, for uh, special events where you did work on lighting. Is this something that, was a calling to you? Or is this something that anyone can kind of just pick up and learn?
1: Yeah, I I think that's a, it's an interesting question. And one that um, sometimes I wrestle with, and sometimes I don't. Honestly, when I was dropped into that room full of lights, I found a supportive community um, at, at my undergrad, where I was able to um, really flourish and find Uh, Chances to do something that I wouldn't have done before, take risks, and I just naturally gravitated to engaging all parts of my brain, not just the left brain and not just the right brain. And while I was at Fullerton, what I did was I, uh, I took that sort of passion behind the TV, the film, the theater, combining all those into those multiple majors. And then transferred where I was working in attractions at Disneyland, where it was Space Mountain and Star Tours, and I was, you know, make, you know, happiest place on earth, helping people find joy in their day by escaping reality. Um, at one point, I decided I would transfer into another department. And That department was uh, technical services. It was to become a stage technician, which was to more f- follow more in line with what, what my career goals were going to be, matching my educational goals. And the combination of the work and the combination of the school was something that solidified my passion for both design, technical elements, uh, and really drove my decisions on how I would find my career path moving forward. And it really was like opportunities were abound, right? I was able to work on, like you had said, cruise ships. So I took brand, brand new cruise ships out of Italy and got on them, and nobody had been on them before. And as they're sailing to get to their actual port of call, we were lighting the shows, and we were supporting all of the shows that were happening, anywhere from the main stage to the lounges. Everything that you see, it's a little comedian over here, or a, you know, a performer over, a piano player over there. They, they all need to be seen, and so the light helps with that. Or Seattle Opera, or working at the El Capitan, and. In Hollywood where we're you know highlighting a little show before you got to see the holiday movie that was in that season so those, those are the kinds of opportunities that were lighting specific many of which came from both my time at Cal State Fullerton and the network I built there my time at UCLA and the network I built there and then also what I was doing um, for Disney.
0: Mm-hmm. So at Cal State Fullerton when you were doing your um, undergrad the things that you were doing you were working in communications and theater are there a lot of opportunities for internships outside of the school itself? Because I know a lot of people, they participate in the plays and the events that go on on campus, but is there a lot of things that you can do off campus regarding those majors?
1: So pre-pandemic, and I'm sure soon enough post-pandemic, I think those opportunities will come back. Right now, this exact moment is a little bit of a difficult time as businesses, especially in California, start to return to some sense of normalcy and whatever the new normalcy will be. But I think that uh, for me at the time, there were actually were plenty of different kinds of internships. It just depended on, and this is one piece of advice I'll give you, having that open mind. So the internship that was available to me at the time was the Tonight Show. And it was uh, was something I interviewed for, was able to get to, and um, found it to be a, a really difficult experience because of how they treated the interns and the others. It was just a disjointed program and it was a struggle. And I had to, you know, weigh that as a, you know, very early, barely in my career person taking risks risk to say, you know what, this isn't the right environment in order for me to be able to thrive. Sure. It's a well-known at the time it was the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, right? So it's a well-known at the time show that is uh, critical to, if I want to be in TV or film, that I needed to succeed there, but I had to take a risk and take a step back and say, this isn't the right thing because of how they treated the staff, um, because of, not because it was, it was it was just the person they had in charge of it was not equipped to lead it. And that was the issue. And so I took a step back and took another risk and decided to find another internship within that same semester and was able to do it at Fox Publicity. And so I was now working in the publicity department, which is a step away from production and other kinds of film and TV, having that open mind really allowed me to do that. And from there, I learned a whole other set of skills, which allowed me to flourish and grow, which allowed me to then have a better network that I never would have done had I said, oh no, that's PR or publicist, not for me. And so I, it, it's about not turning down opportunities if they're even tangential, if they're close.
0: Mm-hmm. So I have a question about your double major. Did you um, have a initial choice between communications and theater? Or did you decide to do a double major right off the bat?
1: I didn't decide to do that. I, I felt like so I walked in, as mentioned before, communications with the TV film emphasis. And I, I definitely was uh, looking to fill my time a little bit more. As I had mentioned, I always wanted to have a full docket. That's just where I was the most comfortable. And when I have that little bit of pressure, it allowed me to do also to sort of drive toward more success. So when I was looking at it, I was interested in a number of different areas. Criminal justice was one area that I was interested in. Theater was another area that I had interest. Having done, you know, high school productions, that was kind of a natural draw to where I wanted to go. And so I did, what I did was I took time to explore and I said, let me take some classes in both and let me understand where this goes. And having that opportunity really allowed me to solidify direction and choices. Ultimately, I landed on theater after taking that small assessment period uh, for which I am happy that I did. I don't expect that I would have been disappointed had I done anything else. It just ended up in a, in a, in a good direction.
0: I see. So you've seen how the industry has changed in the past uh, two decades. Do you kind of have like a prediction or do you think it'll kind of stay the same um, going forward maybe in the next 10 to 20 years?
1: Well, I, I certainly, you know what, it, it's so interesting. I mean, another great question. So thank you for asking good questions. The um, idea, he, <laughs> yeah, the idea, uh, how is it going to change? I mean, we've seen in the year, the previous year, how dramatically and how quickly everything had to change and people could adapt and things that I had wished for years about, can we leverage QR codes? Can we reduce waste on terms of how we're doing? You know, menus, can we do these other, wh- whatever it is, for me, it was amazing to see that turnaround um, and how we did that. I think that the world, of course, like everything else that we're seeing today is much more digital, right? And soon it will be much more how does it work in your home as other things like this come about. It, it, it's, we have group experiences, but we've been doing the same group experience, going to the movie theater, going to the places. And I think a lot of that is going to be more about, as people moved away from the big cities and into these other smaller towns, how do we get that experience into your home? Those are the trends that I see moving forward. And I'm one person who's just reading and watching and looking. Um, And you can already sort of see it through the streaming wars about how do we get it into your home. Um, But there is something to be said about that live connected experience. And that is why I continue to work for a company that has theme parks around the world. And what do we do about making that live connected experience, even more dynamic, so that people want to come and visit.
0: Mm -hmm. And I kind of heard with uh, theme parks that they're kind of trying to move and integrate sort of AR into it. So and virtual reality as well. So instead of it just being Or taking up space and having only one experience, because I know at Disneyland they would have to shut down different rides in order to make space for other rides, or completely rehaul everything that is going on. Um, I know I don't go to Disney so often, but I think it was um, you know a Tower of Terror, and they changed that to something else. I forgot what they Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. So that took quite a lot of time. It wasn't like an overnight change, but if you do integrate vr and ar and get that digital experience in then it literally is an overnight change and it could be a personal experience too you know um just because you're on a ride with 20 people doesn't mean all 20 of you would be able to see the same thing um, maybe you could change that experience to make it more personable so i guess that's where it's kind of going making it more personable and um not having it, it, so much like groupthink with it
1: it, it definitely is, it is personalized what do you want Right, and you're going to see more and more. I think in the future of what do you want, and everything is starting to focus on the individual rather than saying, "Here's what everybody wants." No, nope, it's what do you want out of this? And so, it's it's an exciting future. It is a different future. It's not the you know it's not the world I walked into, and not the world that I was sort of setting myself up to do. And some people work for 20 years because they they think that the road is predictable, and then. You know, ten years in the road has changed, and another five years in the road has changed again. And they're like, well, wait, but that I had a promise that back when I was doing what I was doing, it would get me to where I wanted to be. But now you're now you're saying there's a there's like a bend over there. That's not that wasn't there before. That goes back to my adaptability and flexibility um, advice is, you know, the same thing. You've heard it once, you'll hear it again. That right, the only constant thing is change. So and that is it couldn't be more true. So how do we adapt to the change? Rather than fighting constancy,
0: mm-hmm. and especially in a field that utilizes technology, um, the change is going to come so much sooner rather than later. So you kind of right. do have to be ready for that experience and ready for that change, because if, if you're not ready for the change, then um, you're kind of going to be left in the dust, and then you're going know, to fall behind all these new guys who are coming up, um, taking your jobs then. All right, so we're back with David and we're going to ask him these quick fire questions and then get into a bit about what he does currently at Disney and then a bit of advice that he has to give to students. I'm ready. Awesome. So the first question is coffee versus tea. 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 Um, undergrad or graduate school? Undergraduate school. I'll go with that. Awesome. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I am, uh, uh, I would say a night owl. I see. I mean, you kind of did have to pick undergrad because it's closer to Disneyland. Like not only is UCLA, it closer to Disneyland. Yeah. I'm
1: also having a conversation about undergrad. So I'm going to go with. undergrad. It,
0: it, and it is a Cal state Fullerton pop prop, podcast. So you kind of do have to choose undergrad a hundred percent. So do you prefer math or language arts?
1: Oh my goodness. That is a tough one. I'm going to say language arts.
0: I see. And I guess this would like be applicable to your major. If you had to choose one major only, would it be communications or theater? Uh, theater. Oh, I see. Um, so city or the woods? Uh, the city. And then the last question, uh, tacos, waffles, or pancakes?
1: See, tacos. Yeah, It's there always go. got to be tacos. <laughs>
0: those tacos. Do you have a favorite taco place? Like is there a go-to that you Oh, love?
1: yeah. So, uh over uh, up to, or in West LA, Tito's Tacos. So good. It's great. Actually, I remember going there cuz it was it was where near where I lived for uh graduate school. And you would see these big limousines at the time pull up and a production assistant who probably would have been me if I kept working at the Tonight show, jump out, grab boxes, huge boxes of tacos, jump back in the limousine, and then obviously go back to the studio that they were working on to deliver their Tito's Tacos. So that is definitely a good one.
0: So it's just like a fan favorite over there. Sure is. So next time in West LA, I'll go ahead and check it out.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, if you go to the airport, right? If you ever have to go to LAX, Mm -hmm. Tito's Tacos, good stop.
0: I see, all right, well, I guess we'll just add in these two questions because kind of have to ask them what is your favorite ride at Disneyland
1: okay my favorite ride at Disneyland is uh I'm gonna go with uh Space Mountain
0: oh that's a good one that's a good choice and then your favorite eatery at Disneyland
1: oh my favorite eatery at Disneyland I am a big fan of the moody and dark blue bayou Oh, that's the nice. one inside the pirates of the caribbean right mm-hmm. right the pirates of the caribbean is right next to it it is it is about the atmosphere for that one mm-hmm. but if I you're think... talking about the food mm-hmm. i would have to say like Lamplight lounge over at california adventure that has lobster nachos it's really good
0: i see i would say for food uh yeah i suck at this whole disney thing i think my like best memory is uh We got an annual pass when I was like really young, when I was in like the fourth or fifth grade, And every Wednesday we had early dismissal. So my mom would take us out of school an extra hour early. We would head over there and then we would always get the soft serves right on California pier or something like that. (laughs) So So great. That is Uh, awesome. And I think the churros, the churros are also unbeatable and you kind of, kind of just can't beat that.
1: Oh yeah, no, they are really good. And I am, frankly, I'm glad they're back.
0: Wait, they were gone for a bit.
1: Well, we weren't really open, oh, so that makes sense. Now okay. I'm glad they're back.
0: I got worried. I thought you guys got rid of them. I was like, no, no, a no, poor no, decision. No.
1: no, no, we're good. We've got we've got dole whips and churros for days now, so that's good.
0: Awesome. All right, so so let's get into a bit of what you do at Disney.
1: I think, uh, you know, going from being a stage technician, which there's, it was definitely on the on the front line, behind the scenes, working on Fantasmic, doing the stunt rigging for the pirates on the Columbia, which is that big pirate ship that would go around for Peter Pan and Captain Hook, that was crazy. And then I jumped from being um, someone who was paid hourly um, into someone who was salaried as a technical director. And that was a big transition, something that went from you're paid for every hour that you work, including overtime, to someone who's on a base salary. And also different kind of work, because the work that I was doing as stage technician is union and bargained work. And when you become salaried, you can no longer do that kind of work. So for me, it became a what's the right hands off approach that allows me to be effective. Great thing about the technical director role was it was actually in Hong Kong. So I was opening a brand new park, never been opened before, living in Hong Kong for a year. And it was really an amazing experience to be able to live and work internationally on a project and come uh, once we opened it, it was, you know, it was very fulfilling. And then I found myself needing to find other work because when the project is done, what's next? There wasn't anything on the docket. and I was able to return back to the Disneyland Resort as a production manager, as you had mentioned. And that was just another mind shift of what we do. but I took what technical information I knew and how to operate with a team like that and applied it to schedules and budgets. Which again, every experience, as I mentioned earlier, every experience I fed into what informed decision I needed to make. So now that I had all this technical information, all this experience, I was able to use that to make better and stronger budgets and schedules that helped us be more successful as a team. More so, I was really able to ask the right questions of the team because I never wanted to assume their work, but what I could do was ask the right questions. Back to that costuming example and what I was doing. So from there, I jumped out of production. Well, I worked on that as a producer, production manager, lots of new shows, parades, uh, marathons, all kinds of different work that was happening out there. And then I was uh, plucked from that area and moved over into a manager role, overseeing a diverse group of um, people who worked on the strategy of shows and really the how, how, what's our capacity of our venues and what kind of work are we going to do and where are our characters at any given time, that kind of strategy systems and technology team that was supporting a worldwide entertainment effort. So we made sure that all the business technology, how, what systems we used to budget. So we weren't using Excel, we were using something else that would allow us to be more nimble. And, uh, and then choreographers. It was, like I said, a diverse set of teams. So people who, you know, worked together to make sure that our shows looked amazing. And um, it was a hard transition at that point. I was now leading a direct team instead of influencing others.
0: Let's see so i kind of like how disneyland is sort of inclusive with that as well they understand that students kind of need that experience or they wouldn't like to because Disneyland is sort of like the dream job sort of for a lot of students um we see adults as well you know with disneyland opening up we saw the videos of like adults crying at disneyland because they just have great fond memories of it and the experiences there are sort of unbeat even though there's so many other theme parks so many other streaming services um disneyland is kind of that universal idea, uh, not to knock on Universal Studios, but uh, taking their name, um, but yeah. So the work that you've done, um, it's kind of just, again, ties back to everything that you've done before, managing those technical directors, uh, because you've done you've done that work and then the stage directors as well. Um, so it is kind of nice how Disneyland incorporates everything with students as well. And then they also just make sure that everything is pretty streamlined. Because it does seem like a well-oiled machine, even though it's completely international. And like you mentioned, things are happening every single day with shows, movies, and um, with everything Disney owns, which is quite a bit. um, They just have so much to take care of, but it still just runs cleanly all behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So let's just end it off with a bit of advice that you have for students. Um, Let's say the first being someone who is majoring in theater, right? And then... Um, let's say it's maybe their third or fourth year, starting in the pandemic, and they didn't hit an internship or any place where they could work or just practice. So what do you think they should do now, considering um, a lot of places weren't open for them to work, and then they're maybe graduating this year, or they already graduated, uh, without that experience on their belt as a student?
1: It's it's really challenging, and there's no question. I I think openly acknowledging the challenge that is in front is, is a healthy way to make sure that we are all on the same page. I think that it comes down to, are you flexible? Are you adaptable? And I wouldn't just answer those questions for myself. I would ask some of your trusted friends to see what they think, because they may say, well, you know, you are a little bit X, Y, Z when it comes to this, that, or the other. And we wanna make sure that we're getting honest. That helps with the self-awareness, that having that trusted circle of friends. I think that you need to build, your, build and tap your network. There is a network at Cal State Fullerton who you know, and there's alumni at Cal State Fullerton who are still connected to the theater department. There are other opportunities that are out there that allow um, connection and work. And sometimes it won't be, I can jump into being a lighting designer. It may be I started off as a stage technician or I started off as a you know something else knowing that I had another goal in mind. The road for me was not a ladder. Right, it was not straight up, it was winding and sometimes I went backwards and then I kind of curved around and came back up, it really is kind of more like a snake and sometimes it goes back. Now I think that as we remember that in the past people might have thought it was much more linear that it was only like up or ramping or going this way like it's not really that. Um, and if we remember those kinds of things, I think it helps us know that we can take opportunities and know that it doesn't have to be forever, sometimes people get locked into oh, if I do this now, then I have to stick with it for five years before I can get anywhere. Nope, you keep working with your network and you're gonna meet new people and you're gonna show them how great you are. And that's what is going to get you the next job, not coming in there feeling bitter, embittered or sad or victimized by what is truly a challenging situation. It's how are you gonna make success out of that, not say, oh, what
0: was me. Mm-hmm. And then, so let's say someone who wants to work at Disney, um, and then what would kind of be the first steps? Like what are the opportunities that Disney has um, outside of just uh, lighting and uh, being a technical director?
1: So there are there are tons of different kinds of roles, whether it's uh, I am a performer, uh, whether I am uh, in the creative field, I'm an art director or a lighting designer, or um, I want to just be there because it's so much fun and you can work anywhere because there are a lot of um, um, sort of frontline opportunities that are much easier to get to. Now that won't always get you to whatever your end goal might be, but it is definitely the start. And that's a great way to go. Um, I think it's always, you know, the website is always the way to go. And there's when the internships come back and I imagine they will in the next, who knows, but I I can't imagine it's gonna go on forever. Um, there's a website for that. And so that either you go to the DisneyInterns.com site or the DisneyCareers.com site. I'll, either of those are the best entry into getting into all kinds of different jobs. And the Disney Careers one is for everything. is For Fox, for Marvel, for Pixar, for Disneyland, for Walt Disney World, for Aulani in Hawaii, for the cruise ships, for corporate, Imagineering. All of it lives in that one area. And there may not be a whole lot right now because the work is just coming back and the state still hasn't quite lifted all of the restrictions. But within the next six, eight months, I expect that we're probably going to be seeing more opportunity become available. And for those that are into performing or acting, casting calls go out on normal channels. And if you follow the social channels, there is always opportunity.
0: Mm -hmm. So those are great bits of advice for the students trying to get into that field. And then uh, just one last question to end it off your favorite Disney park and why?
1: Well, I think I am going to go with Disneyland. Um, I'll tell you, I've been to all of all of our parks multiple times. Um, I love Tokyo Disney because of just its clean, amazing, pristine beauty. But I really uh, have an affinity toward Walt's original park. And whether or not it has to do with Walt Disney or not, I just uh, think that it is iconic, is nostalgic. um, It's always growing and always changing. And I'm a a huge fan of that kind of gleaming jewel that kicked it all off in, you know, 1955. It was just one of those pieces. But I'll tell you, it is a harder question than that because I have something for every single park that we have out there. I mean, Hong Kong is amazing and I loved those things, but if you're gonna ask me to pick one, I'm gonna stick with the original.
0: I see. So that is it for the podcast. And um, just a bit of advice that I have to give to students is David is on over Titan Pro Network. Um, And basically what that is, is our own personal site where students, alumni, faculty, and staff can all connect with one another in a very simple, easy to use manner. And in it, you can find people from specific industries from specific job um, titles, job sites, and from specific majors. So if you are majoring in theater or communications and what you if you found what David said was interesting, um, be sure to reach out to him. So it's very easy to sign up. Uh, you just head on over to Titan Pro Network or just search it up on Google. It's the first link on there. And then with it, you just sign in with your LinkedIn, um, which makes it really easy to do. Uh, go ahead and sign up and then reach out to these people because they have that experience. They know what it's like in the industry. They know what it's like to major in in, in these majors that you are currently taking. So that is my bit of advice. Go ahead and do that because um, the advice on there, it's so plentiful. I believe we have over 1,000 alumni already signed up. And so there's there's someone for everyone. Um, I'm sure you can definitely find um, an alumni or a faculty or staff who has been in a similar experience to you and can maybe help you get through some things or maybe just give you that bit of advice that you need uh, to further your career or further your education.
1: And well, I'd be all too happy to chat with people. So it's really a great opportunity to do that too. Don't ask me for a job, but ask me any other question. I
0: can do that. I don't have awesome. any jobs right now. <laughs> awesome, so again, thank you, David, for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much, appreciate it, it was a great time.